Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are jumping into the Spider-Verse. Or we're going across the Spider-Verse? Across the verses of spider Okay, so the Into was the last one, and mm-hmm. now we're going beyond. No, no, no. Beyond no, now we're going. Time. Now we're going across, and then we're going to go beyond. Then we'll be beyond, yeah. Beyond is in, what, March of next year, something like that? I thought we were going to have to wait like three more damn years for the next movie, but now, it's in March. We had to wait three years because of COVID. That shut everything down because this was supposed to release like a year and a half ago or something. Really? Yeah. Okay. I so thought it got this delayed. was. It got delayed. Oh, I thought this was planned for this time frame. No, okay. I read something that it got delayed with the COVID yeah, outbreak. So. Okay, good old the COVID. Yeah. All right. I hear that a lot right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot <laughs> a of stuff. A few years that's from out now, there, so. we'll be out of that. I think everything will kind of be back on track with things. So. Yeah. Hopefully, that'd be nice. Yeah. Be nice to just get back to. I think for the most part know, things are, know. but I think we're still hitting movies that you know we've had. Yeah, things that have like long production schedules will tend to be, have been, you know, screwed up by that, that whole pandemic, that whole global pandemic thing that we were all involved in. Yeah. So, So, did you watch the first movie? Of course I did. Said you watched, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Last time you said it was one of your favorites. It's definitely one of my favorite Spider Man movies. It is my favorite Spider Man movie. It's probably one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. It's it's a fantastic, fantastic flick. How about you? I know you've seen it. I don't know why I'm asking you. I know you saw it. We all saw it together. I actually didn't see it when you guys saw it. I saw it at home. Are you um, sure? Oh, mm-hmm. wait. Yeah, you're right. I did not go to That's the theater. That's right. I took the kids. That's right. Yep. And I finally watched it because you kept talking about how great this movie was. And I'm like, okay, I just got to watch it sometime. Yeah. So I watched it while I was doing a puzzle, I think. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. And then another time I watched it just to watch it. And then I watched it one other time. So I think I've seen it three times. Yeah. This this is one of those movies that you get, the original anyway, is a movie that you get a little bit more out of every time you see it. Because it's so frenetic. It's so constantly moving and so constantly full of everything, like yeah. lore and everything. I really enjoyed it. It was a beautiful movie. For I mean, it's it's an animated movie, but it was really, like, well done, you yeah, know? If I'm not mistaken, that was the reason that you didn't want to go and see it, right? Because it was animated? You weren't into that whole idea. Yeah, I, I don't typically watch a ton of animated superhero mm. stuff. Okay. I think this might be my only one. Well, you saw the Lego... Batman movie, I think, too, didn't you? No, not Batman. You never saw the Lego Batman movie? Mm-mm. I think I've seen parts of the Lego movie, but I have not seen the whole thing. I don't think I'd qualify those as superhero movies, but I guess... You, Has superhero maybe. Lego figures in them. <laughs> yeah, but they're not the central theme. Right, yeah. It's not like Christmas and Die Hard. Come on. Right? All right. right. Yeah, no? sure. Okay, well, okay. whatever. So why don't you give everybody the cast and crew, and then we can jump into this uh, this beast of a movie. All right. This was directed by Joaquim Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. This was written by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Dave Callahan. It stars Shamik Moore as Miles Morales, Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy, Brian Tyree Henry as Jeff Morales, Luna Lauren Velez. Wait, as- Jeff? 
I think you're being way too personal calling him Jeff. Well, it's Officer in... Morales. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Luna Lauren Velez oh. as Rio Morales. She's she's from she's from Dexter. Oh, is she? Yes, I knew I knew her voice. Oh yeah. She's the police captain in Dexter. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yes, yes. Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker, I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara. Oscar Isaac. All over every sci-fi movie, everywhere. What's up with that? Making that dude, rounds. he's got his own little like multiverse. Yeah, he does. Right. And then we have Jason Schwartzman as Spot. Spot, which is man, that's a random character. Like he's a joke in the comics. It made me think of these villains that James Gunn pulled into the Suicide Suicide Squad. Probably movie. because of Polka Dot Man. Polka but... Dot Man. And, well, and not necessarily that it circles, but it's just like a goofy character thing. Yeah, you know? he's really random. They 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 gave him a bit of a glow up for this movie, to be honest with you. This is not, this is not a character that I would immediately go to as a Spider-Man villain. Mm-hmm. So they reach deep into the coffers of the Spider-Man universe and, and came up with this, this random character from a, I think he's only appeared in a couple mm. of Spider-Man comics. Maybe, I okay. think he was in, oh, I think he was in Marvel Zombies. And he's, I think he was in Ultimate Spider-Man as a joke at one point because they were riffing on stuff. But, I mean, eh, yeah. So, like, this this guy is, he's kind of a flyover country when it comes to villains, you know? Sure. Now, before you get into the plot here, they finished production on this film on May 20th of 2023, and it was released on June 1st of 2023. So it was, they were working on this almost up to release date. This has around 280 Spider-Man characters. Spider-Man? This has around 280 Spider-Man characters. Or spider characters because the cat's not a man. That's true. Neither is the Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> and it takes place over six different universes. Yes. So. Yes, it does. And in fact, they visit the MCU at one point, mm-hmm. which they designate correctly as, as Earth 19999. Thank you, Sony, for giving it its real designation. <laughs> 616 is comic universe, people. You don't get to co-opt that. 19999 is the MCU. Live with it. Learn to love it. You get your designation as you get your designation. That's it. Period. You don't get to change it. Anyway. <laughs> okay. All right. Why don't we go into the story here? I'm big on that. You know, <laughs> I think, you know, you, you, yeah, you're, you're like, oh, what a dork. What a nerd. But the truth is... Without those designations, you wouldn't know what the fuck you were talking about. No, there's too many. Too yeah. many it, it, it's very confusing. And when you start changing designations, now all of a sudden, 70 years of Marvel Comics is like confused with MCU stuff. No, 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 no. no. Keep your designations off my designations, <laughs> and I'll keep my designations off your designations, and that's how it should be. Don't be messing with other people's. Di- Never rub another man's designation. All right. That's from Batman, only it's rhubarb. Anyway. Okay. 
So you said, should we talk about the movie? Yes. I think we should. Let's yes. do that. So after her adventures with Miles and the other spider beings from Into the Spider-Verse, namely Spider-Man Noir, Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham, Penny Parker, and Peter B. Parker, Gwen Stacy, otherwise known as Spider-Woman, has been looking for a way to fit in in her universe while fighting crime. And she misses her friends, especially Miles, with whom she shared a deep connection. One that's not unlike the one that she had with her best friend, Peter Parker, but she had to fight and kill him after he transformed into the lizard. Now, she didn't know he was a lizard when she killed him, mm-hmm. and she didn't intend to kill him. No, I think that was an accident. Yeah. But she carries the weight of that on mm-hmm. her shoulders. Now, they hinted at this in the first one, that her best friend died. They didn't say how. I think this gives Gwen's character a lot of of weight here. Mm-hmm. She accidentally killed her best friend who was only trying to be as cool as she was with her powers. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. But thinking that Spider-Woman is at fault for killing Peter, Gwen's dad, police captain George Stacy, pursues her relentlessly. One day, both Gwen and her dad hear a call to try and contain the vulture who is in the Guggenheim Museum. But this is no ordinary vulture. He's from a Renaissance dimension where, like, everything is still the 15th century or something? I don't know. Yeah, so he's basically like a paper drawing. He's got, it's a, yeah. yeah, it's a very Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci looking yeah. contraption that he's wearing. So much so that, like, when he's moving around and different things happen, you kind of get those grid lines that are in yeah. those drawings yep. and, like, the old lettering and stuff on there Mm -hmm. so they like pull that whole visual into his character and his movements i think that's one of the things that i like the most about these movies is that and i say these movies because they both did this is that each character has their own visual style each character has their own like and in this movie especially because we go into multiple worlds we see that in those different worlds. For example, Gwen's world that we're in right now is all watercolors, which is fantastic because if you look at her original comic, like a lot of the covers have this like watercolory look to them on the mm, like on okay. the front of the book. Just really cool that they're tying it back like that. Well, and I kind of felt like you know, besides the watercolor look, like her room and stuff was very dark and gloomy and it kind of gave me the feeling of someone who's down and mm-hmm. you know it kind of helps you get the feeling of what she's feeling yeah i think definitely. with their coloring that they were doing there definitely and i mean even uh, one of the great things is that they they use that color for expression mm-hmm. as well because there's mm-hmm. a point where she gives her dad a hug and it's this sudden burst of love for her dad and the watercolor behind it behind them spreads mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know like a warmth Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. I really, really love the style of this film and the film previous. Where was I? <laughs> oh, yes. We're talking about the vulture. Uh, but, but, so while Gwen is attempting to subdue this vulture, a portal opens and Spider-Man 2099 from the very end of the last movie, in a different costume though this time, and Jess Drew, also known as Spider-Woman, appear, and they help th- Gwen. I'm just going to say real quick, I think I found my new favorite Spider-Person. Jess Drew? She's amazing. She's pretty damn cool. Yeah. She's so cool. Yeah. I loved it. Yep. Pregnant, too, by the way. 
Did you get the feeling that it was Miguel that was the dad? No. I got the feeling it was Miguel. Oh, no, I because didn't she get that. Because she said the dad was kind of intense and didn't like her being out doing this stuff. And Miguel is kind of intense and didn't really want her putting herself out there like that. No, I didn't get that because I felt like he's kind of an asshat. And, <laughs> he is kind of an asshat. And I don't know. It, it didn't seem to me like he had the ability to have that kind of emotion for somebody. Hmm. So, I don't know. I guess that never crossed my mind. Hmm. I mean, it's not impossible. It just did not cross my okay. mind. All right. Fair enough. So, these two help Gwen tackle the transdimensional vulture. And Jess is impressed with Gwen's skills and lobbies for Miguel to let her join their team. Miguel is Spider-Man 2099. Miguel O'Hara is the character's name. They're interrupted by Captain Stacy. And because he kind of, he's trying to arrest his daughter, Mm-hmm. She unmasks herself in front of him, but she he still plans to arrest her. So Miguel traps Captain Stacy in some kind of stasis field or something and gives Gwen a chance to work with him and Jess on this trans-dimensional spider society is what it's called. And he gives her a wrist device that allows her to travel from dimension to dimension without glitching like Peter B. was doing when mm-hmm. he was in Miles' universe. Actually, well, all of them were doing that, yeah, weren't they, last yeah. time? Yeah. So meanwhile, on Miles's Earth, which is Earth 1610, now Earth 1610 is the ultimate universe in the comics. I appreciate the nod, but I really, really wish they would have given it its own designation because, again, you're cross pollinating your media types. And there's going to be a moment where we're going to see multiple types of Miles's and Peter's from multiple universes. But none of them are print. Every single one of them is some sort of a film version of these spider characters, right? I feel like I wish I just wish they would have done that. They don't make a big deal out of it. They're not like woo, and and 1610 doesn't have the same the same rich history that 616 has. The original Marvel universe, comic universe, has. So I'm not as like pissy about it but I do I, I appreciate that they gave it a nod that they because that's where Miles is originally from the original Miles Morales the comic book Miles Morales mm-hmm. is from the ultimate universe and he ends up in the mainstream Marvel universe so yeah so but our Miles is struggling to balance his school life his social life and crime fighting and on his way to visit with a guidance counselor and his parents he is sidetracked by the villain Spot which we've already talked about he claims to be Spidey's nemesis which I thought was pretty funny. It seemed right away that he was begging to be a nemesis. Like mm-hmm. he just really wanted validation. Mm-hmm. By the end of this, we're going we're gonna to understand exactly what he means by that though. So Miles takes care of him and then he meets with the guidance counselor, and, but he has to cut that short because he sees that Spot has escaped out the window. And so he takes off real quick. So the introduction to Spot was kind of funny because yeah. he's able to move his arms and whatnot through these spots and you get some kind of goofy punching things through holes and mm-hmm. all that. It, it's just kind of silly. So it was, it was kind of fun to see. Yeah. That, that's the thing about this character is, and I've only ever read these couple issues that he's in like one time. But as I recall, he is not, he's not a major problem. For Spider-Man. Like, now, 
in the comics? Does hmm. he have the ability to do this interdimensional stuff no. that he's doing? No, no, that's what I'm talking okay. about. They gave so, this dude a glow up. Yeah, so I was going to say, I'm I'm guessing they were trying to go with a character that they could reasonably yeah. make yeah. deal with this interdimensional stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Miles follows Spot to Alchemax, and Miles is confronted by the villain who tells him that he was once known as Dr. Jonathan Owen, a scientist at the Alchemax facility that Peter and Miles robbed in the previous film. And when the collider was destroyed at the end of that film, On's body was infused with the chemical that caused him his skin to turn white and create these portals. And Miles helps the villain kick himself into one of his portals where he ends up in this void and he visits portals all across the multiverse he visits the venomverse he visits the mcu mm-hmm. he visits a lego <laughs> spider-man universe which was pretty funny i thought that was amusing anyway did you notice that uh, j jonah jameson was played by jk simmons mm-hmm. in even in the lego universe one yeah and then i think there's one other spot too yep. they use his voice too so i'm of the feeling that this guy, while across different universes, some of these people are different mm-hmm. in each universe, he's still the same. <laughs> he's still the same across the universes. My theory is that J. Jonah Jameson is a watcher. Ah. That's my theory. Although he interferes an awful lot for a watcher, <laughs> so maybe I'm just stretch. I'm, I'm stretching because I'm trying to figure out why he's the same guy every time, but... That's because he nails the role every that's time. That's really the that's the only explanation that we need. You right? you try and put somebody else in that role, and people will be like, "That's ah, not the same." <laughs> He's not as good as that guy. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is J. Jojen Jameson. So when we're watching this movie and they get to the Venom universe, I had no idea. What universe that was. Oh, really? I was like, <laughs> where are we now? I'm, I'm assuming this is supposed to be somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I have no clue where this is at. Right. I figured it out after as I was doing some research sure, and whatnot. Sure. It was like, oh, okay. But I do like that they pull in some of these actors. And, and so we're kind of connecting outside of, I mean, we're connecting to the MCU. We're mm-hmm. connecting to the Sony movies. Yep. We're connecting to different cartoons out there i mean we're connecting we're connecting lots of stuff in this movie now donald glover is from the mcu yeah he played who was eventually going to become or would have become or should have become the prowler yep in that universe and in in this movie he's wearing the prowler outfit yeah i yep. thought that was i i like too that they had him in live action yeah. like he was well sure it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah it, it does. Just it because does. this universe is animated doesn't mean that, that Donald know, so Glover's universe isn't animated. I thought that was so. pretty interesting. So yeah. it makes me wonder, when we go beyond the, uni- beyond the universe, the yeah. next one, yeah, if, we're gonna get more, if we're going to get more live-action Spider-Man in there. I mean, it's possible. We do see, we even see the Amazing Spider-Man. We see, in, in different like clips, we see the Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man and the death of Captain Stacy there because that becomes a touch point. We'll, we'll talk about that as we go on here. Yeah, but. that's his canon event. Yep. Uh, I just want to point out one other thing mm-hmm. about this Alchemax building. When Spot is at his apartment mm-hmm. to build the miniature super collider, yeah. there's a billboard on the roof 
that can be seen with a giant bagel on it. <laughs> and he's the, the one that got hit with the bagel. Yeah, he got hit yeah. with the bagel. But the billboard says, "All of it, always, all over the place." Which no, is, really? Which is a reference to the Oscar-winning movie "Everywhere." Everything, everywhere. everything, yeah. everywhere, all at once. Oh, that's amazing! I didn't, I didn't catch which that. has its own bagel references. Yes, yes, it absolutely does. One thing that I picked up on that maybe you didn't pick up on, or you might have gotten this in your research, but I did want to get this out there. Genki, who is Miles's buddy, his roommate at Visions, is playing Spider-Man Two as Miles is climbing over him to get out the window. Yeah. He's playing the Spider-Man 2 video game that's coming out in September. I was yeah. like, you son of a bitch. How did you get... <laughs> he got an early copy. Well, he works for the company, right? So right, obviously. Right. No. Yep. Okay, so Spot, as he's going through all these portals, he decides that he's going to visit Alchemax in a bunch of different dimensions, and he's going to absorb their power to try and bring Miles down for what he did to him, right? Because that's his nemesis, right? Mm-hmm. Miles, in the meantime, is late for his dad's promotion party, which leads to an argument and Miles being grounded. And he goes and chills in his room after he gets grounded. And Have you when... ever gotten in trouble like that where you got grounded and within a few minutes it went from like a week to two weeks to three weeks or a month? <laughs> Maybe. Why? <laughs> I have two. Okay, I, I good. Mean... <laughs> I, I think it was wholly unjustified, but, you know. <laughs> hey, kids always think it's unjustified. The truth is it probably was justified. Come on. Maybe not. But while he's sitting there in his room and he's listening to music, Gwen appears to him and it gets him to sing, sneak out and swing with her. Not like that, though. Swing like spider people, right? Swinging. So they hang out, literally, on the underside of an outcropping of a building. And Gwen admits that she has an attraction for Miles. And she recognizes that Miles is attracted to her. But she is worried because in every other universe, a Gwen that falls for a Spider-Man doesn't end well. Mm-hmm. In just about every one of those universes, except for her universe, Gwen ends up dead. Mm-hmm. That is a canon event. Yeah. Something Now, in, in Gwen's universe, Peter dies. So, yeah. Interesting that that means that... There's only one universe in which Gwen Stacy lives. Mm-hmm. That's sad. That I love Gwen Stacy. Yeah. I think Gwen Stacy's a great character. When they first brought her out for Spider Woman in the in, in the Spider Verse miniseries or crossover series, I was I was like, man, I don't know. You just don't you don't mess with Gwen Stacy. Her death is like I said, like or like the movie posits it's a canon event right Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that makes spider-man who he is uncle ben dying gwen dying these are the things that push him that drive him you know yeah and and so it was hard for me to get my head around that but the more i see of gwen as spider-woman the more i love her Mm -hmm. the more i absolutely love this character and i want to read more of her stuff so i am going to go back and i'm going to reread that spider-verse series I want to read her series that she had. She has had like two or three different runs, and I want to read those. But yeah, this I think this movie has kind of given me a new look at Gwen mm-hmm. as a character. And as a, I think it's easier to swallow because she's from another universe. She's from Earth-65, so mm-hmm. probably a little easier to yeah. handle than the 616 universe's character coming back to life and becoming Spider-Woman. So. Right. 
anyway, the <laughs> but I digress. Heading back to the party, Gwen meets Rio and Jefferson, or Officer Morales, and they're unimpressed with her, but Rio ends up having a heart-to-heart with Miles and tells him that he should follow his heart, which leads him to apparently stalking Gwen. He wants to see where she, what, she, what, what she's here for. She's here for a reason, obviously. And turns out she's been tracking the spot. Is it the spot or just spot? I can't remember. It's just spot, right? I think it's just spot. Okay, well, I called him the spot. That's okay. He's pretty well unknown. I can call him whatever I want at this point. He'll be just be <laughs> he should just be happy that I'm recognizing that he exists. <laughs> the spot. So so she gets called to another dimension because they have a sighting of spot. And the portal is still open and Miles feeling that Spot is his responsibility and also feeling like he should go and maybe protect Gwen. Mm-hmm. Although, does she need protecting? She's a badass. No. But he feels like he should, so he jumps into the portal himself. And he ends up in Mumbatton? Yeah, it's a, a mix of Mumbai and Manhattan. Okay, but I am saying that correct, right? Mumbatton? I think so. Okay. Yeah. No. It's an Indian-inspired universe. Which has its own Spider-Man, Pavatar, Prabhakar. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, and I apologize. I'm probably not. Also, I'm probably white guying that a hundred percent, and I apologize. <laughs> I love this Spider-Man. He's fantastic. And what I really love about this is that when we first get Miles's introduction in this movie, he's picking on Spot for saying ATM machine because M impl- <laughs> is implied in the name. Yeah. And then <laughs> this Peter, this Spider-Man India is picking on Peter because Peter, or not Peter, excuse me, picking on on Miles because Miles says, let's go get some chai tea. And he's like, what do you mean chai tea? Chai means tea. It's like saying tea, tea. So like they have this same personality quirk <laughs> where it, I can relate to this. Yes, you I can yes, relate yep. to this. This is 100% you. Yes, <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm relating to both of these guys on a molecular level with this because ATM implies machine. I didn't know chai meant tea, but I will never again say chai tea in my life. I'm going to say, would you like some chai? <laughs> or would you like some tea? Not that I ever have an option to say that very much, but if I ever do, it's in my head now. It's never going anywhere. <laughs> so so the three of them team up and they chase Spot to the Alchemax Collider. And while trying to break through Spot's force field, Miles is overshadowed by Hobie Brown, the spider punk, who is this punk-inspired, anti-authoritarian, rule-breaker kind of Spider-Man. And I love him. <laughs> this one is a cool guy, too. I I like the way they drew him. And yeah. they, they changed up his framing, I guess. So, mm-hmm. like, the framing on here to make him look a lot more choppy. Yeah. So he doesn't have as smooth of a look to him. Now, is this is this one based off of a comic too? I think he's in a I think he's in that Spider-Verse, the Edge of okay. the Spider-Verse series, but okay. I don't I don't know enough about him. I don't know much about him at all, honestly. Okay. So I, I, I thought he was pretty cool. I liked him. Sweet. Yeah, I I I I thought he was fantastic. He was really really cool. Like he has all the best lines when they're at the Spider-Man headquarters. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got all the best lines. Mm-hmm. It's a metaphor for capitalism at one point, And another point, he's like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm out of here. He just, like, he doesn't want to be bossed around. I get this guy. Yeah. I can. F- I feel every single one of these spider people. Do you know who voices Hobie Brown? I recognized the voice, 
but I'm not 100% sure. It's Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, from, oh, from Get Out. Yeah. Get Out okay. And nope. And yeah. Black Panther. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't put his, I couldn't put his voice to it, but yeah, he's, <laughs> Spider-Punk is cool. Spider-Punk is, is pretty awesome. So there, these guys aren't able to stop Spot. He causes the collider to explode and then there's damage happening everywhere. So they swing out into the, into the city to try and save people. Spider-Man India ends up saving the bus that his sweetheart is on while Miles stops the death of that sweetheart's father, Inspector Singh. Miles has a vision while he's doing this of his dad saving a little girl but dying in the process, and Spot tells him, that's our future. So he doesn't say, this is your future, Miles. He says, this is our future. In other words, pretty sure Spot intends to make sure that Miles' dad gets killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the public cheers for the spiders as Jess appears with a team that's going to fix stuff. We don't know what it is that they're fixing just yet, but I assumed that they were just fixing the damage that was done, which is weird because they don't do it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Turns out they're not fixing that. They're trying to fix the breaking of a canon event, mm-hmm. which we'll find out more about in a moment here. So she tells Miles that the, he has to go to the team's headquarters. He has to go to the Spider Society's headquarters. So he goes... He meets thousands of other spider people. He gets Ben Riley, who's great. Ben Riley is straight out of the comics. Ben Riley was, God, let me see if I can get this correctly. He was originally supposed to be a clone of Peter Parker, but it turns out that Peter Parker was the clone all along. He's the clone of Ben Riley. Ben Riley took up <laughs> the mantle of the Scarlet Spider, and he was so 90s punk grunge angst that this character, the way that they play this character in this movie is exactly how you would read this character if you were reading his, like, comics. It's ridiculous. We also get Margot, who is a spider avatar, which is cool, right? So we, didn't, mm-hmm. we haven't seen that before. This is, we've, we've seen Penny Parker, who is a telekinetic or telepathic connection with a spider who lives in one of her dad's machines, but we've not seen someone who projects themselves into a spider person avatar, which is cool, which is what Margot does. We also get to see a spider cat who coughs webs and a spider T-Rex, which is badass. Yeah. I mean, why not, right? Like, I guess, right? Is that canonically, is there a spider T-Rex, like a real, in the comics? Is he real? I don't know. Huh. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that I one didn't, up. I didn't come across anything with that. I don't know anything about it. So Jess gives Spider-Man a wristband as a day pass so he's going to stop glitching and she brings him to Miguel who runs the Spider Society and he says that Miles has prevented a canon event. In each universe, there is a set of events that have to happen to make Spider-Man Spider-Man. And in this particular situation, the canon event that has been broken is that there's supposed to be a police captain that is supposed to die in the line of duty that will progress Spider-Man's story. In most cases, this is a variant of Captain Stacy. This is true. Captain Stacy dies in every version of Spider-Man's story that I've ever seen. Gwen's dad. In Miles' case, it's supposed to be his dad. And Spider-Man India's was Inspector Singh, the person that Miles had saved. That was the 
cannon event that they broke or that Miles broke. And he explains that tampering with cannon events can have devastating consequences. He tells the story about how like he went into another universe to experience living with a family and it disrupted that universe and everybody died. So my question is, yeah. how does he know it's not him going into the universe and doing that versus the canon event not happening? Well, I think that's where they're going with this. Okay. I, I really feel like that's where they're going to end up going with this is that you don't have to have these things happen to have your story be, you know, the way it needs to be. Okay, good, because I thought, yeah. well, that's dumb. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Miles even says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go my own way. I'm going to do my yeah. own thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna let my dad die because they that's that's what happens here is that Miguel wants Miles to let his father die. So Miles tries to escape, but he's trapped by Miguel temporarily. Miles breaks out and leads a chase away from the HQ with Miguel leading the chase. Now he breaks out because of how Hobie taught him to use his hands, not his fingers, and then kind of mimic the moment so he's right. helping him get out yes he is yeah oh hobie's hobie's helping this whole thing he is he is a freaking anarchist and i love it mm -hmm. and he because later we're gonna see that he's messing around outside outside of this universe mm -hmm. you know outside of the spider yeah spider society's headquarters he's doing other stuff because he leaves by this point he's gone he noped yeah. out of there he's like i'm not gonna be a part of this i'm out yeah and and what person is gonna really expect a kid to allow their parent to die right Okay, you're just right. being really unreasonable at this point. <laughs> yeah, yep. So Miguel catches up to Miles, and he tells Miles that Miles himself is an anomaly. The spider that bit Miles was from Earth-42, not Miles' universe, 1610. And since it bit Miles, there is no Spider-Man on Earth-42, which leaves them at a disadvantage. Both Peter B. and Gwen knew that this was true, but they never told Miles that kind of is like a betrayal for him because he thought he figured it out. He figures that's why they're not coming to see him. That's why they never visited him because mm -hmm. he's an anomaly. He's not supposed to be there. Miles revealed though, that he intended to draw as many spider people away from the headquarters as possible. And then he zaps Miguel with his venom strike and he heads back to the HQ where he gets sent back to his universe by Margo's avatar, just as Miguel and the other spiders appear. Now, Miguel punishes Gwen by taking her wrist device and sending her back to her dimension because she was helping Miles or she was facilitating this because she went to Miles' universe. Mm -hmm. Even though she was hunting Spot, which is mm -hmm. what they were supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. So she didn't go, although it's probably she could have gone and not contacted him. Right. Maybe, maybe that's why he was so pissed off at her, but minor quibble, I think. So when she's back on Earth-65, Gwen and her dad kind of reconcile. This is where we get that hug where the watercolor spreads mm -hmm. behind them in this nice warm hug, right? Mm -hmm. So cool. Just really, really beautiful, like, artistic method for the animation in this, in this film on all levels. And her dad shows her a package that Hobie had stopped by to drop off for her. It's a wrist device for the dimensional travel. He came to their universe, dropped off a spare doodamajigger or whatever. Now, he... He created that now because if you watch, if you go back and watch, he will be picking up different pieces as they're walking through, and, oh. and he made that. He made it. Yeah, man, I like this guy more and more. So while this is happening, Miles goes back to his apartment and reveals his identity to his mom, 
And in this moment that's supposed to be just like huge and powerful, she has absolutely no idea who Spider-Man is. None. Not like somebody that doesn't watch the news because Spider-Man's everywhere in New York. She doesn't know who Spider-Man is. And you're kind of catching on at this point. The only universe that we know of that doesn't have a Spider-Man is Earth-42. That's where Gwen is. Or that's not where Gwen is. Excuse me. That's where Miles is. So Gwen... Wait, wait, wait. wait. But Miles' world doesn't have a Spider-Man either, right? Miles' world has him. Oh, we're talking about Peter Parker versus Miles Morales. Okay. Yep. I got you. Miles, Miles I'm getting confused is, with all the different Spider-Man. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Miles' universe was supposed to have no more Spider-Man after blonde Peter Parker died. After his Peter Parker right. died. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. The only reason that, that That's that, right. The only reason that that spider got into his universe was because of the messing around with the the, the collider that the Kingpin and his, his henchmen were doing. Right, right, right. So, okay. Yeah. So... Gwen has jumped into Miles' dimension. She goes to his room, and he's not there. And Miles discovers that his Uncle Aaron is still alive, which means that he jumped into the wrong universe, specifically Earth-42. He doesn't really make that connection just yet, but he will very quickly. While Gwen is on his Earth with no idea where Miles is, she meets with Rio and Jefferson and vows that she will find Miles. And Miles goes in in Earth-42, he goes and joins his Uncle Aaron on a quote-unquote job, which we're quickly learning is probably going to be some sort of crime. But he gets knocked out, and he awakens to find himself tied to a heavy bag and coming face-to-face with the Prowler. Not Uncle Aaron, but that universe is Miles Morales. Our Miles appears to be gearing up to use his Venom Strike to break out of the chains mm-hmm. but then they cut and we get to see Gwen assembling a team of spider people to go and rescue Miles they include Peter B Hobie, Spider-Man India Margo Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Ham and Penny Parker, they're all coming back in the next movie but was as they're getting as they're gearing up to go and find Miles, they're going to go beyond the Spider-Verse, I'm assuming, to find Miles. Spot arrives and prepares to go after Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what's going to happen after that because it's to be continued and there's no after credits or mid credits or anything. That, I'm okay with that. Not everything has to happen. No, those. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying, like, that's it. They, they leave you there. They leave mm-hmm. you right there at the end, yeah. right there hanging because he is literally in peril. This is like Batman 66. Come back, same bat time, same bat channel because you're going to have to find out if he gets out. I'm assuming he will. Yeah. It's Miles, man. He's got to get out. Right. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. So, a couple things. They refer to the canon event... Of, Ca- of Captain Stacy dying as ASM 90. Amazing Spider Man issue 90 is the issue that Captain Stacy dies in. Okay. So that's the issue number that okay. Captain Stacy yeah, Captain Stacy dies. And we get to see, like we talked about before, we saw Captain Stacy dying from Amazing Spider Man. We get to see all these different, like, different things when we go and we visit the Spider things. We see Ben. With Toby Maguire, Spider Man, yes. like he's on the ground. We don't yeah. see Toby Maguire, but we yes, we see... do. Yeah, we do. Oh, we he, do. He's in there. Yes, he is. Okay. Yes, he is. But Absolutely. we see that Ben. Yep. 
on Ben the Parker dying. Yeah, yep. so we I I just I liked that they had the mix of stuff we've seen on screen to I'm guessing stuff that's been in the comics. Oh yes. Referenced in here. So it's kind of tying it all together. Yes. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jefferson's going to die in the next movie? Not do you think Miles is going to allow it to happen, but do you think he's going to end up dying? Possibly. I think he is. And I think it's going to be a situation where Miles is going to arrive just a moment too late. They're never going to allow Miles to let it happen. No. Because that's some serious supervillain shit, right? Miguel is yeah. giving off some serious superhero, super, excuse me, supervillain vibes, not yeah, superhero. He He's seriously turning villain here, right? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that because I've always liked Spider-Man 2099, but this dude is like gone hardcore. Yeah, he's like, I mean, from his eyes, he's doing what's right, like Thanos did. Well, he's doing what's necessary. So he's doing what he feels is the right way to go about it, but it really isn't. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. So, okay. Do you think he can be redeemed? Do you think there's a way to redeem Miguel? Maybe. I suppose if he sees that these canon events don't have to play out the way he thinks they need to play out, maybe he would change. But, and I feel like he can't be all bad because you have a lot of these Spider-Man characters who, I keep saying Spider-Man, I'm sorry. These spider Respect the hyphen, lady. The Spider-Man <laughs> characters. Yeah. We see a lot of them that actually still listen to him and look up to True. him and follow him. Yeah. And these are all, I'm assuming, respected Spider-Man characters. And so at some point, maybe he had to be an okay dude. Yeah, yeah. Because you can tell at the, by the point where he's getting with getting on miles and trying to stop him, you can tell that people have reservations about doing what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gwen, not the least of them, but yeah. yes, absolutely. Even, even Jess Drew is yeah. kind of wondering. Yeah. She's like, you, you get the yeah. looks on her face. Like mm-hmm. what is, what is happening here? You know? See, one of the things that I really do like about what they've done with this spider society and Miguel and this, this absolute constant, like, vigilism over you have to have things just so or the whole universe is going to rip apart. That's Spider-Man in microcosm. Peter has always been, uh, Peter, Spider-Man, Miles is a little different, but Peter Parker has always been this manic person trying to hold everything together. His aunt, his schoolwork, Mary Jane, Spider-Maning, all of that has been a has been a constant theme for Spider-Man mm-hmm. since he's been around. And so this character, this Miguel, this version of Miguel, and this is not the same version from the comics, obviously, but this version of Miguel O'Hara is like this ultimate personification of Peter's anxiety. He's got to hold all of it together, otherwise it all unravels, mm-hmm. you know? And so he's dependent. He's so dependent on these canon events, 
which I totally get. I mean, I'm kind of the same way, right? MCU has got to be six or one nine 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 nine. Yeah. It can't be six one six, right? Yeah. And to a certain degree, there is some validity to that, but you have to have some flexibility. Otherwise, you break. There's got to be break. some compassion and humanity left yeah. in there. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so giving into that baser instinct of I have to make sure all of this and giving up all the stuff that really matters to make sure that this all stays in together is that's his villain moment, right? That's the moment where he, by, you know, whatever, whatever means he needs to do, I'm not going to put that in there because that makes it sound like Malcolm X is a villain. In any way that he has to, he will do what needs to be done mm-hmm. to make sure that these canon events continue. Yeah. It's going to be interesting what they do with him in Beyond. I'm not joking. I said this earlier, and I, I knew I kind of blew my load early, but the the this movie and the one prior are two of my favorite Marvel movies. Like, this movie has done the multiverse way better than anything the MCU's done so far. Like, the MCU did it okay. This has been amazing. Spectacular, in fact. I think what helps is that it is animated. So you yeah. can do things visually that that you can't do in live action, or you can do in live action, but you get really CGI, and then there's not—I don't know. I, I I feel like this whole spot character—you can't pull something like that off really on on live action. I think you'd have a hard time making that visually happen. Uh, I don't know. I think they could do it. You think you could do it? Absolutely, I do. And, I, I think mean, they pull it off it. the same way they're pulling it off here? Well, look at what they did at the end of Endgame. When all the superheroes appeared from all over the different spots, and it was basically just, it was all, all it was was Doctor Strange making the spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that worked, yeah. right? Yeah, it did. I think I think it could work. I think what really is... I think what really is the driving factor here is that we don't need to have FaceTime with anybody. Mm-hmm. We don't need to see Steve Rogers or Chris Evans on screen for X amount of minutes. We don't. Right. And so you can give screen time to characters that aren't as important. You can give screen time and you can give consideration, story consideration to characters that aren't necessarily you know, camera friendly, you know? Right. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a, there's a, there's this need in these, these event films, these Avengers movies to make everything as amazing and just like stunning and like, you know, one-upping everything in a, in a, in a very like CGI explosive way. To make everything just bigger. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. remember when we were watching The Walking Dead and then they were adapting a comic book. And in the comic, when, spoiler alert, guys, I'm going to spoil the shit out of Walking Dead comics and The Walking Dead TV show. They kill Glenn in the comics. Negan kills Glenn in the comics and he smashes his head open with a baseball bat, Lucille. In the TV show, they had to one up Mm -hmm. that. And instead of it just being one person, it was two people. It was Abraham and Glenn. Which I feel took away from the the impact of Glenn's death. Absolutely it did. So here's the thing. In the Marvel movies, they have to one-up each other. 
you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. feel it feels very much like they've got to make it bigger, better, stronger, faster. This feels like they have a story that they were going to tell from point A to point B, mm-hmm. and this is just how this is going to flow. This movie's bigger, yes, but it doesn't feel bigger. If that makes any sense, it still feels like a movie about a kid in the end. You know what I mean? Or a couple of kids, really. Yeah. Gwen and, and Miles. Sure. Sure. I I see where you're coming with that, but I do think it feels a lot bigger. There was lots of, you know, other dimension stuff happening and lots and lots of other Spider-Man. And I mean, there's just so much happening. Yeah on the screen. So it's definitely to me felt like we are in a bigger world now. Yes. But when you narrow it down, you can narrow it down to just Gwen and and miles story. If you needed to, you know what I mean? Sure. You don't have to like in the Avengers films, especially those first 20, what six films or whatever, you felt like you had to watch all of it to get the full story. You know what I mean? This feels like it's a self-contained story in three movies, or will be in three yeah. movies. Yeah. In well, such I don't a... think they're planning on making this like this big MCU thing, like the no. MCU did. So. Well, they weren't planning on making so the big MCU thing a big so MCU thing until Disney took over to, anyway. They're able to do that, saying this is the story I want to tell. We want to tell it in three movies. Here we go. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about it that feels a little more personal, a little more face to face than these big Avengers movies. At least the later big Avengers movies. The early ones, like Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, they felt a little more personal. They felt a little more... Mm, what's the word for it, really? A little more intimate. A little more intimate. Yeah. Yeah. I would say even as far as Age of Ultron... They felt intimate. I think once you got to Age of Ultron is when it kind of gets a little out of hand with, like, the world building. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I, I I I love the world building in this movie, and I love the world building in the movie prior. I cannot wait to find out what happens. I ha- I haven't had this much of a reaction to a film that ended with a to-be-continued that uh, since Infinity War, which I know I just you might think I was bashing on, but I loved Infinity War and I loved mm-hmm. Endgame. I thought they were both yeah. great films. I thought those first twenty six films were great. The problem is that the films that came after that they really started to get scattered. Right. They, anyway. Well, they had no focus after that. So, yep. All right. So, do you have any other notes? Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Nope. I think I got through everything. No uh, alternate casting or anything like that. No. No. All right. So why don't we do our thing then? Let's. Keep Renter a race, Jen, and tell them why. All right. I did not like this movie as much as you did. Wow. Really? I still enjoyed it, I think. There were parts of it where there was just so much stuff happening that my brain started shutting down. Like, I couldn't focus on it. Like, it was just, 
it, it was color, 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 this is happening, that's happening, and then you've got all these different Spider-Man people that I think if you're a comic fan, you're going to get more out of it. Like, I'm like, who the hell are all these people? <laughs> and like the whole Venom thing, I, I don't even know what the hell that was, yeah. you know? And so... I was like, okay, who the hell is this person and why do I care, you know? Yeah. And so for me, I was definitely not as connected to this as you were. Mm. And like I said, once we got into some of the action-y stuff and, and like even the part where you were talking about where Gwen Stacy's hugging her dad and there was all that watercolor stuff happening, it was, it was just so much at that point, there was so much happening on the screen that wow. that almost pushed me over the edge. Like I, I can't. I can't comprehend this right now. Like my wow. brain is just not clicking with this. Okay. And it was almost giving me a headache. Like it was really? just too much stuff. But I still think the story was good. <laughs> and I feel like I want to watch this again though, because it very well could be, maybe I wasn't in the right headspace. Maybe I wasn't understanding what all was happening. Cause now that I've done some research and stuff, I can kind of connect a little bit more of this. And so maybe I might get a little bit more out of it. Also, when we're going to do this podcast, I I ended up watching some videos ahead of time because I couldn't remember some of the movie. Wow, And I really? think, again, it had to do with, I, I really feel like my brain was kind of shutting off because there was just so much happening that my brain couldn't register it that fast, hmm. which I know is weird. I've never had this happen to me before. So as of this viewing right now, this is a rent for me because I, I walked out of that being like, okay, well, I just watched a movie. I don't know how I <laughs> felt about this. Yeah. My brain's all over the place at this point. Wow. I don't know what to think. But I am going to say I really do want to watch this again because I do like the story. And I feel like on second viewing... Maybe if I'm not focused on the story so much, I can maybe take in some of the visual stuff and maybe my brain can make more sense of it. Sure. And then I might move it to keep, honestly, because that happens sometimes. Sometimes sure, on yeah. a second viewing, mm -hmm. I like it a lot more. Sometimes I hate it more, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know, my opinion yeah. can change. But as a first viewing, I'm going to go with a very solid rent. Wow. And we already know what you're doing. Yeah, you definitely know what I'm doing. This is not just a keep. This is a, I'm going to buy the collector's edition when this comes out, but I'm going to wait for the third movie because I'm going to buy the whole damn thing in one buy box set. Buy the fancy set. Oh, yeah. I want the, <laughs> I want the fancy set, whatever the special thingy is that comes with it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Beyond the Spider-Verse. I've heard rumors that there's going to be a spinoff for Spider-Women, which will have more Gwen Stacy in it. And if it's the same type of film as this, with the same type of animation and the same type of, you know, witty you know, script, I'm in. I'm 100% in. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a Gwen Stacy stan at this point. I really think she's a good character. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Spider-Woman, I think, is a great character. I think Gwen, Kate, Gwen Stacy is an important character in 616 universe. But I like this Gwen Stacy more. Oh my God, I feel like a bad comic book fan. I like the Spider-Gwen, Gwen Stacy more than yeah. traditional Gwen Stacy. And I feel like a bad person for saying that. Nah. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yes, jeez, okay. I really am, I'm sorry that you had that experience. I really thought that you would like this movie. As I'm watching this, I'm like, she's got to love this. This is so much like the original. And it's just like, it's like, more of the original so yeah there was just so much 
I mean, you know what I'm talking about, though, in some of those scenes where there's just so much. Oh, yeah. We're flashing between the different <laughs> art types. Yeah. So, like, the different artistic types, and yep. then there's the different colors, and then there's all this stuff happening on the screen. So it was just like, bam, 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 bam. And, and <laughs> I, it's like my, I just, I just couldn't comprehend what was, what I was seeing. It was just happening so fast and it was all so different. It wasn't like a lot happening, but I'm still looking at the same type of visual on the screen. It, it was like my brain was having to like stop switch gears and it, I just wasn't able to keep up with it. Mm. Now I am going to say, I was a little tired going into this. And so that's why I feel like maybe on second viewing, it might click a little more for me okay. that, you know, being able to comprehend all that. And I feel weird even saying it because I've really never had that happen before in a movie viewing where it just stuff wasn't clicking fast enough in my brain to keep up with what was happening on the screen. Okay. Well, maybe you'll... Maybe you'll change your opinion. I, I might. We'll see. We will see. We will see. <laughs> I did like it, though. It's not like I didn't like this. This is definitely not an erase. This is a very solid rent for me. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I can't say I agree with you, but mm-hmm. I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I see where you're coming from. I really want to go back and watch this movie again. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to, too. I'm going to take our miles to to see it when he gets out of school on the last day of school we're going to go and see across the Mm spider-verse so i'm very excited about that i'm like yes i get to go and see this movie again (laughs) yes so yeah so okay so man whatever we're doing next is going to be a come down from this for me i think but what are what are we doing next all right next week we are going to our be kind rewind okay i take it back and Maybe not. we are going to cover ai artificial intelligence nice okay this is an interesting it's an interesting spielberg movie and an interesting kubrick movie we'll talk more about that i think when we get into it Next week, right here on the couch, AI. It's going to be a little robot Pinocchio right here on the couch. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at couch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.